0: Welcome back, Inner Fire. This is the Inner Fire Endurance Sports Podcast. My name is Brad Minus, or Coach Brad, and I'm your host. And this is episode five. So I'm going to try something a little different this time. I'm going to walk everybody through Ironman Ohio 70.3, and my experience with it, with the objectives. Remember that I said objectives. So two objectives. One, for all of you that have done Ironman 70.3 or full Ironmans or other triathlons, I'm going to walk you through like a product review of how this shook out versus some of the other triathlons or Ironman 70.3s out there. And my second objective is is for all of you that have never done an Ironman 70.3 or a 70.3, I'm going to walk you through from check-in to finish line all right so if you've ever read any of my blog posts that i post on inner fire endurance sports i usually talk to you about literally from the moment i leave tampa florida to the second i cross the finish line i usually throw some pictures in there and i give you my experience well this time i'm not going to give you all that stuff to start with because that gets a little bit boring and a little bit redundant, um, so I'm just going to take you through from the moment that we started to check in to the moment that I crossed the finish line. And hopefully, what this will do is give you a little bit of an experience of what it's like to be there. Ironman does a really great job putting on races. Let's just face it; you know they have races all over the world, both. Full 140.6, which is 140 miles point six and 70.3, which is actually half of that. Now, Ironman stopped putting together what they called the half Ironman because it kind of had a negative connotation that whenever anyone said, hey, I just got done with a half Ironman. Well, then all these people would say, well, we can do a full. So they decided to go ahead and let's change it up and let's call it a 70.3. So now you can say Ironman 70.3 or Ironman. So the Ironman will automatically consist of, or at least it have the implication of, the 140.6 triathlon. Well, stepping up into Ohio, this 70.3 is taking place in between Delaware, Ohio, and Columbus. Well, check in is done right at the finish line at Ironman Village which is taking place at Ohio Wesleyan university, beautiful, small liberal arts college. And it's super clean. And just, it's a, it's a very, very pretty, you know, very pretty place, pristine, very nicely done. And this, and Iron Man village is right outside of the football soccer stadium. Like I said, Ironman does a really great job at organization, and they do everything possible to give everybody a first-rate experience. So the first thing that happens is you arrive at the stadium, and it's time to check in. Now, yours truly is what we call an all-world athlete. It means you're anywhere top 10% of your age group. So I'm a little bit luckier in This in, in this idea is that The all-world athletes have a separate line. So if there is a long line to check in, you can walk up to the all-world athlete and probably just walk right through and start your check-in. We went ahead and arrived on Friday with the race being on Sunday. And we just happened to get there when there wasn't a lot of people there anyway so our check-in probably would have been the same time whether we walked into the all world athlete line or not so you walk into the all world athlete line or the regular check-in line and you give them some id and they check you off saying okay he's here he's ready to race so they found my name they gave me a little ticket that had my bib number on it which was 181 and they proceeded to shoe me through to the next station so, the next station is your waivers, so you get two waivers. you get a blue and a yellow. Blue covers all of your liability uh It has the full on you know you're not going to sue iron man you're not you are doing this at your own risk that you're in good health blah blah blah, and you sign your life away there and then the yellow has all of your pertinent information name, address, phone number what kind of medicine you're on, do you have any other injuries, where are you staying, what's your next of kin or uh, or emergency contact, and you go ahead and you review that and you sign that. Then you walk into the next table where they go ahead and refile your signed waivers and give you your packet. Inside that packet is going to be your swim cap, which in this race, there was only two colors, One was green for the boys and pink for the ladies. Now, also in that packet is your bib number for your run and also is stickers. Now, these stickers are for your helmet, your bike, your gear bags, which we'll cover in a minute and all some other other pertinent information at that point. Then they give you a wristband. This time, the wristband was orange. Now, the wristband is everything athlete. The minute they put that on you, you are an athlete. Now, you can walk through the village. They know you're an athlete. You can walk into transition, and you are basically qualified to go pretty much anywhere an athlete can go. So, you walk to the next table where they start to give you some swag. Um, They give you a nice backpack this time. Uh, embroidered with the Ironman Ohio 70.3 logo. It's a, a one pocket, uh, nicely done uh, backpack this year, fairly well constructed. Now, the swag changes every year, obviously. You know, if you do several 70.3s, you're probably going to end up with the same swag, but with different logo printing on it. But this time they did a pretty good job. Also in there there is some other samples a cliff bar there's a red bull and there's some other literature on other races and some of the vendors so at that point you you get that and then you walk over and you grab your t-shirt this year was kind of interesting the girls got a like gray silver type of color and the gentleman a sea green now i kind of thought that was a little bit backwards but you know what it, it's not bad it's you know i don't i don't have a problem with that with that color it seems to be okay at least it wasn't pink right it wasn't that hot fuchsia pink as a male but uh the the uh the t-shirts pretty well you know i've got numerous of them at that point you are pretty much done now with check-in so if you get there and there's not a lot of people that are checking in you can check in pretty fast now, Iron Man's pretty brilliant about their marketing. They basically are just a giant marketing company that just happens to put on races, in my opinion. You're led right into the merchandise, the Iron Man merchandise shop, which is pretty impressive because they have everything from water bottles all the way up to kits that say Iron Man Ohio 70.3. Those are tri-kits, and they other t-shirts and hats and then there's just iron man logo and there's some great t-shirts that have certain aspects of them that are you know completely different like they've got iron man support crew so you can give to your friends and family they've got iron mate stuff that you can give to your significant other so it's pretty it's pretty pretty well done and it always is fun to get around inside the merchandise tent The one thing I love about Iron Man Village is the buildup. It's the aura. The environment really leads you to the race. You know that you're getting ready to race when you are inside the village. And I really love that about the way Iron Man puts that together. So as you go through the merchandise tent, of course... Yours truly does what I always do. And every race I buy a mug, especially if it's a brand new event that I haven't done before. And this was one of those cases. I have never done Ironman Ohio, which is going to give me and you a fresh perspective versus if I was to talk to you about Augusta, which I've done about six times. So that's going to be a little bit skewed because I'm going to be comparing it from year to year this time i have the freshest perspective ever so the rest of iron man village deals with a lot of other vendors so you saw Quintana Roo was there as the bike vendor there was two of the leg i don't know what you want to call them they are the legging recovery boots and there were two versions of that this year. Uh, one was uh, uh, Norman Tech, and there was the other version, which I just can't remember at the, at the same thing, but these are those legs. That what, basically what it does is it increases circulation in your legs by increasing the amount of, of, of pressure around the leg at different points at different times and changing the points, and they do this by inflating these boots that you put on and it inflates in different points and then releases and then inflates again and releases. And it feels really, really, really good. Now, they're not cheap, but Norma Tech had a booth where you can actually go and sit down and try them out. And it's it's pretty good for pre-race and for post-race. So, obviously, there was a lot of people there. There are also other vendors for hydration drinks and for beet juices and for different running apparel. Base salt was there. So it's always a lot of fun just to walk around. They also have a tent where they do the mandatory meeting. Now, we didn't go to the mandatory meeting at this point, but we did come back to Iron Man Village to go ahead and, and do that. So the mandatory meeting is actually kind of fun, um, and I would suggest that everybody go to it S- if you've been to numerous 70.3s before, most likely you're gonna hear the same thing over and over again. You could probably get away with not going. But I would suggest you go because sometimes there's a they're a riot. Um they've got somebody up there that ha- you know knows how to entertain the crown. And this one uh wasn't that way unfortunately, but it was still a lot of fun. So the head ref got up there, the race director got up there and basically went through From swim to bike to run, all the rules, all the different integrations of where the safety personnel are. And they went through the streamlining of how you go from one event to the other and get yourself to the finish line. They kind of went over some of the routes. They went over some of the elevations. And so it's just a lot of fun and it's got a lot of great information. So I would always suggest you attending the mandatory meeting if that is your very first 70.3 or even if you're just there as a 70.3 because you'll always get one little piece of information that you might have not have seen before so that is the iron man village and we attended that on friday with the race being on sunday so my routine is to on the day that i get there is we usually go and check out the water and we did uh it was it was nice and at that point it was it was fairly cool uh unfortunately it didn't turn out that way for the race and we'll get to that in a minute then of course there's the saturday which is kind of prep so the first thing to do is to get on my bike and pedal through the gears and basically spent 20 to 30 minutes on the bike just kind of tooling around And I go through each one of my gears to make sure that they're working because on Saturday, I can still go back to the village, which does include a bike mechanic. And if I find things wrong with my bike or with your bike while you're there, then you get to find out, you know, obviously there's a mechanic there that can take care of things pretty fast. So the first thing to do is go ahead and take, go through the bike. And then I jump off the bike, and I usually throw on my running shoes, and I go for a quick 15-minute run, maybe a mile or two, just to shake out the legs, test out the laces, make sure that the shoes are working, the socks are working. And I'm doing these in the shoes that I'm going to be wearing the next day just to double-check for hot spots or anything like that. And I usually bring an extra pair of shoes with me that I know will work no matter what, my, like, standbys. Those standbys might not have the greatest of tread on them left, depending, but they're probably not my first choice to run in. This time, I had the ability to run in a brand new pair of uh, Nike uh, Vaporfly 4%, which um, I really enjoy running in right now, especially for races. Anyway, so that is uh, Saturday. So Saturday is testing bike, run, and it also ends up being the day that you're going to turn in your gear. Now, the 70.3 for Ironman has two different ways of doing things. A lot of times there's a central transition area, which basically means that it's the same. So like Chattanooga has one transition area. So you come back to both T1 and T2 are in the same place. Ironman Ohio is not like that. Ironman Ohio has two separate transition areas. So the first transition area is right near the water, of course, right? Because you're going to walk out of the swim and go right to your bike. That's at Delaware State Park. It's about six miles away from the Ohio Wesleyan University where T2 is or transition two. So we so to continue checking in after you've gone ahead and put your stickers on wherever you're going you're given two separate gear bags one bag for bike and you guessed it a second bag for run so what you want to do is go ahead and bring your bike your bike to Delaware uh, Bay And if you'd like to, you can always bring your bike bag up there with you. Now, I don't suggest it. I suggest just bringing that the next day, but you can. There are some where they want you to, they try to tell you the mandatory, but you get to go to T2 and T1 the day of the race anyway. So the reason to go up to T1 this time is to just drop your bike off. Now depending on when you're going to do that, it does tend to get a little crowded. The state park is a two-lane highway. So if you're going up there a little bit later in the day, you might find yourself stuck behind some cars and it takes a little while to get through the state park in order to get to the beach to drop your bike off. But that's all you're going to do. You're going to basically you're you're going to go, put your bike on the rack and leave. And that's it. That's what you're doing on Saturday. At least at T1. So, uh, we went ahead and we did this and it took us a little bit because we were a little bit later. Cause we, I, you know, we biked and ran, you know, first, the next thing to do is to head over to T2 and then you can drop your run gear off. Now they're saying that it's mandatory. They're like, we want you to drop your man, your, your run gear off. So we were very uh, cautious about this. So we did go ahead and dr- at least drop something off. Now my running shoes, are particular and I don't like to leave those so I just basically dropped my run belt and my hat and my glasses inside the bag and I tied it to the 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 bike rack and that was basically it everything else I brought in the next day so that is your responsibilities for Saturday drop your bike drop your run gear off and you're done and you're ready to go so that night Just to give you a little coaching advice, on Friday, so I'm stepping back one day, okay? On Friday night, as a coach, I always tell my athletes, go to bed early. Do not wake up with an alarm or with anything. Sleep until you wake up. Because why? That's the night you're going to get your best sleep. Because Saturday night, you're going to be anxious. And most athletes don't get the greatest of sleep the night before the race, no matter how many times you've done it. You've always got a little bit of anxiety. My first few 70.3s, yeah, I didn't sleep at all. I basically tossed and turned and didn't really get any kind of sleep whatsoever. Lately, I've been able to go to bed the night before and at least get four to five good good hours before the anxiety kind of creeps back up on me. And that's basically what happened this time. So the next day, Sunday Race day. Yeah, uh, that's always a a lot of fun. So I usually pop up because I always want to make sure that I've got a good breakfast because that breakfast has got to hold me through waiting for the swim and then getting through the swim before I can start nutrition on the bike. So got up and donned my Moxie racing kit because I race for Moxie nationally. And I had my breakfast. I had some coffee. I chatted with my teammates, Pamela Swing Baller and Sonia Olson. So we had our breakfast together. We got together and and we we put our bags together. So with me, I had my shoes and socks for the run and my bike nutrition. So the first thing we had to do is we basically went backwards. We went back. To Ohio Wesleyan University and we set up our T2, which is basically to put down our shoes, socks, make sure that they were open so we can step into them as fast as possible. Race belt with whatever nutrition is on there for the run with our bib number um, and, you know, hat and glasses. At least that's what that's my per- preference. Then hop back in the car. Or, in this case, we got lucky, and there were shuttles. So we walked over to the shuttle, we got onto the shuttle, and we moved through the city, and unfortunately, took the very long way. I think we made like three or four circles around the city before the bus driver actually found his way to the Delaware State Park. But, you know what? Things happen, and it's okay. And at this point, I mean, it's quarter to six, in the morning, we're six miles away, and the the race doesn't start until seven. So you know we're still in pretty good shape. We get to the to T two T one. I'm sorry, to the beach. It was about six o'clock, and we have with us the rest of our bike gear, which I brought my helmet, my my bike shoes, um, and the nutrition for the bike. So at this point, they allow you into Transition 2 to set it up. I also have with me a morning clothes bag. So it was a little chilly. It wasn't bad. It was like 65 degrees. So I did have a sweatshirt with me and an extra hat. Um, Yeah, I'm kind of vain like that, you know, waking up with bed head. It's not my favorite in the world, so I usually have a hat that day. Shoot me, right? So we get to uh, T2 and go ahead and lay out my stuff for that transition, check my bike, make sure that the gears are going through. I set up my computer to make sure that I can, I, when I get on the bike, I can start it and I can look down to make sure that I can have all my power settings set up. I'm on the right screen. I'm in the right gear. Um, my shoes are open and sitting on top of the bag uh, on top of a towel. Um, there is a bottle of water there so I can wash my feet real quick before I step into my shoes. My helmet's sitting on top of my my bike so i can make the fastest transition possible i at that point i make sure that i know where i'm coming in and where i'm biking out of at this point got some time to kill so with my morning clothes bag uh i step out of transition and i continue to hydrate a little bit i've got some water with me and at this point i had some a new product called sos which is, was pure was for pure hydration and i attended to walk around and started seeing some friends and socializing and trying to keep myself from getting too anxious at this point i'm able to s- stepped into the water a little bit found out what the temperature was and it was a brisk 79 degrees the announcements come out and they basically say okay if you want to drop your morning clothes bag Drop your morning clothes bag right now because we're going to shut down transition and we're going to take the morning clothes bag back to Ohio Wesleyan University so it's there when you get there. So I went ahead and dropped that. I had take off my sweatshirt, my hat, grab my goggles, my swim cap, and uh, proceeded to head over to the beach. Iron Man has started a new procedure as far as swim goes for a lot of the 70.3s it used to be a wave start so basically it was done by age group yours truly prefers that and we'll talk about that in a minute but what they've gone to now is what we call a self-seated start so they put up uh signs well they're basically they don't put them up it's volunteers that are holding them with the estimated time that it'll take you to finish the swim And you line up behind your estimated time. So basically now you've got a big, giant, long line of athletes. And what happens is every three seconds, um, two athletes jump into the water. Um, So it's about 645, 640, something like that. And everybody's starting to line up behind their waves so they can get in as close to their seated start as they possibly can or maybe some of them are going to the back going saying that hey i'm going to you know be slow today so let me just step back for everybody else the water temperature was 79 degrees so this was not a wetsuit legal swim for age group athletes they do offer the ability to go in with a wetsuit but first of all, you're last, uh, you're 10 minutes after everybody else starts and you are not eligible for any kind of age group or rewards, which is okay. Um, and I never, ever dis- discourage anybody from doing that. My biggest issue is that, you know, depending on what the weather is, you know, you're starting late. So you're getting on the bike late, which means that at the hottest point of the day, you're in the run. Now we were lucky the weather was mild uh, in Delaware and Columbus. It actually was very nice compared to here in Tampa where it was 92 degrees with a 70 percent humidity and it was, you know, really hot. Our, the humidity was kind of down. It started the day around 65, 66, and it really didn't get to higher than like 82 which, for me, wasn't bad. you know, for anybody else coming around, you know, if you're not from my time my, my area down here in Tampa, um it probably was just normal or maybe even a little bit warm. For us, it actually was pretty mild, so I, I was pretty excited about that. So everybody's in line. It gets to be about ten to seven, and they start the national anthem, which was done by by a gentleman. Uh, who had a very nice voice and uh did a very very did, a, did an outstanding job. So that usually gets people starting to rev up. You know there's one thing I do really do I know this is a little bit of a tangent. One thing I just love about the Star-Spangled Banner, the national anthem here in America. And I imagine it's the same way um across the pond. Um I've never I haven't raced in, um in Europe or anything, so I don't know what it's like, but I know here it's one of my favorite parts is that starting of the race, the national anthem goes off and all of a sudden you get this ripple effect. Is that in front of you closer to wherever the speaker is or wherever the person singing is, it just gets, it's, it just drops. All of a sudden the people are talking and then it's silence. And then that ripple effect goes all the way through. And all you hear is a star spangled banner. If he wasn't singing, you could hear a pin drop in the grass and the respect is absolutely amazing. And especially with Ironman Ohio and any Ironman event in the United States, it also brings in a lot of, you know, uh, of um, foreign visitors from other countries to race as well, which is which is great. I love racing with, you know, a plethora of different people, but they're just as respectful. So I um, it it's one of just one of my favorite parts. It really gets gets me going and gets me ready for the race. All right. So the swim at iron man ohio is a triangle um it consists of 20 buoys and they're about 100 meters apart and you hit number uh 19 and you keep the buoys on your right and then you then when you'll you'll cross that one and you'll go in the last buoy which is a red buoy you'll actually stay to your left so you kind of go in between the last Yell, uh, orange buoy and the last and the red buoy, and you go in between, and it kind of tells you, okay, here's where you're gonna step in, to go to swim exit. But it is a triangle. Um, Delaware Lake is not my favorite in the world. First of all, it was very warm; it was 79 degrees, which I should be used to, right? Because most of the time I'm swimming in a pool that's 81 to 85, which I'm I'm not happy about either. But it was. It was warm and it was murky. You really couldn't see your hand. If you were to look out in front of you and look for your hand as it was crossing past your goggle, you won't see it. Uh, it It's very, very, very dark um, and you really couldn't see anything going on inside of the lake. So you just had to basically sight off the buoys that are on your right. Um, Other than that, it wasn't bad. Now, on the self-seating start, here's the reason why I'm, I'm not happy with this new, um, with this new version, uh, Iron Man's Self-seated Start. If you are with the same caliber and people going the same speed, you're always with a bunch of people. Now with 25, twenty, six hundred people going in at a self-seated start and you're, and you're seated with other people that are going to go the same time as you, you're never going to find clean water. You're always going to have people around you. Now, I don't really care. For me, it doesn't bother me that much that people kind of like nudge me and move things around. Some people are a little bit more aggressive, which I kind of found this time. And sometimes some people grab ankles or they'll swim over you or they'll nudge you or whatever like that. Most of the time, I don't really care. Most people are pretty are, are pretty considerate. Um, but if you're with those same people, you're always going to be around people. In an age group, start... You can find clean water because there's enough people in your age group and enough different speeds that you can find yourself some clean water and you can keep going. Now, for all of you proficient swimmers out there that can draft, okay, I can see your point where the self seated start might be better. Um... But I always prefer the age group because I know I can find clean water and I'm not worried about people going over me, under me, on me, or anything like that. I'm not going to get kicked in the head because I'm too fast. I'm not going to get pulled back because I'm too slow. I'm just going to find my gear and I'm going to do my race. So that's my little anecdote on the self seated start. So as you come in, you run up the beach and you cross the timing mat. And you end up into T1, where it's time to get your bike. Grab your shoes, get on your helmet, walk out, go to the mount line, mount, and you spend the first mile of the bike inside of the park. Once you re- once you go off the park, then you end up on regular highway roads. Um, Maybe not highway. I would say busier, but... Ironman gets a permit to um, basically take over the right lane, which is really, really great. It's almost like closing off the road because, you know, the right lane is basically coned off and every intersection there is police making sure that you can go through the intersection without getting hit. And it's uh, it's it's very safe. I, I had no issues with the bike whatsoever. And it's, it's, it's in and out of some shadier areas where there's plenty of trees and the roads are, the roads are pretty good. There are some little bit of rough spots, but they're pretty good. There's not a lot of elevation. Um, there's a, there's little bits of some rollers, but I would, even in Tampa and in Florida, I would call them speed bumps. I would not call them hills. Um, it just some rollers it really but on the whole it was it was a pretty good it was a pretty good uh, uh a course it kind of goes north remember like i had mentioned before that t2 was only only six miles away from t1 so you kind of went north for you know about i don't know a good 20 some odd miles and then you came back down and it's uh it's one loop i mean it's a midwest town and it looks like the Midwest there's, there's trees, there's different houses, there's farms. There was a portion where we'd gotten to some farm area where there was some fresh manure (laughs) and that was an interesting smell, but you know, it's all part of the race. It's all part of the character of it. And I have to say that it's one of the better bike courses. And I definitely will be going back to, Ironman Ohio one more time maybe not next year maybe the year after to try this course again Um, it's flat now I tend to like rollers now here's the reason why Why? Um, first of all I'm, I'm a pretty good climber I don't I'm not like super at it but I'm a pretty good climber but I like the idea that I add just a little bit of extra effort to get up the line but then when I get up then it's recovery on the way back down so you put a little bit of extra effort for a lot of recovery, and you can either coast or you can soft pedal or whatever you want. There were a couple of places where you could where we were able to do that. Here, we didn't have a lot of wind, so everything was pretty much you know self-propelled. In a flat course, you have to keep pedaling. So that there's the biggest difference that I find uh, between um, rolling hills like Chattanooga or Augusta and something like Ohio or Florida 70.3. So after that, now the one aspect of the bike course I want to talk about, which was a little bit of a negative to me, I was, I was going pretty well. I had, I was having a really good bike and about the last two miles, you end up on a single track trail. And if you end up with some less experienced bikers, sometimes you'll be stuck. And there's no way to get around them, and that was my experience here. And I probably lost a good five minutes uh, because people had slowed down, and I wasn't able to uh, to move around them, and that bugged me a little bit. Um, But you know that's not always the case. Overall, I'd say the bike course was it was a lot of fun. So uh, you come into the stadium, and the really nice thing about T. So you yeah, the bike down, step into your shoes, grab your belt, and then you head out onto the run. This was probably my favorite part of the course, was the run course. It is what we call a lollipop. So you leave OWU Ohio Wesleyan University, and you head out onto Henry Street. And there's a little bit of some elevation uh, actually throughout the course, but you get some elevation. And so that's like the stick, right? So you go on out and then you hit a double loop. So uh, you go on out, you make a right, and then there's two loops and then you head back down. So it's kind of like you go up the stick around the lollipop twice and then back down the stick back to the finish line. Great, a great course. I really, really enjoyed it. First, it's somewhat shaded. Uh, a lot of trees and some beautiful homes and um and it's got some little some rolling hills in there too. But nothing nothing crazy. Nothing like uh Chattanooga or uh even Florida 70.3. Just some little rollers, just enough to make it so it's not I don't know, it's not boring. It's not monotonous. Even with a, a double loop it's uh it's got some really a great terrain and um and plenty of 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 aid stations uh it's it's typical of iron man 70.3 where there's an aid station pretty much every mile um which is great even at 83 degrees obviously it's still getting a little bit warm at that point so especially since you've You know, you've been on the bike and now you're on the run and obviously running takes a little more heat. So to have an aid station every mile is uh, is 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 a lot of uh, it it helps Um, plenty of sponges, plenty of of Gatorade, of of Coke and of a Red Bull. So um, it leaves you with uh, nothing to desire. You really don't need to bring any nutrition on the run unless it's very specifically catered to you. Um, And then you finish out there, you end up going down uh, onto Henry street, back into the stadium where T2 is. And you do about, I don't know, about 200 meters on the track, which is kind of cool before you end up into the chute and across the finish line. So it, again it's a really great course um after the finish line it's typical you have your finisher pic- pictures they give you your medal they take your ankle strap which is your timing chip and then there's food and you know and 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 uh, everything from that point on so um on the whole Ironman Ohio 70.3 is got a a decent course um I truly do like the bike and the run course not a fan of the swim but it's you know it's nothing different than than uh, any of the other ironman 70.3 swims out there obviously i would prefer wetsuit swim um but this wasn't going to be one of those um and i'm and i'm also not crazy about murky swims but you know, you, you can take what you can get, but that's where the challenges come in. I always figure 70.3s with uh, Iron Man, there's always one piece of the puzzle that makes it congruent with all the other 70.3s, so you've got one piece of the course that's a little bit harder, or in the case of uh, North Carolina, where it's a it's a very fast swim, but You've got a quarter to half mile uh, run before you get to transition one. And then you got to carry your bike for a quarter mile before you get to transition two. And the transitions are so long before you finally cross the, the mat. You might get an extra half mile of running before you even cross your timing mat to even start the run uh, in North Carolina. This one, it's the swim. It's flat. It's in a lake. It's murky. Uh, it's not catered. To uh, any traditional type of swimmer so that's probably where the equalizer is uh with this course so that's uh, basically all i've got for this episode of the inner fire endurance sports podcast i hope you enjoyed my review of iron man 70.3 for all of you that have never done a 70.3 i hope that it might give you an idea into what it's like to be in one and uh if not, you know, then uh, I will probably be doing more like this as other races come around. So you'll get another chance to have some sort of experience of what it's like to do uh, an Ironman triathlon, uh, seventy point three. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate. I really appreciate it. Uh, you can gather any of the other episodes on any place where you. Uh, get your podcast from do me a favor and if you have any kind of uh constructive criticism or if you've got any questions please do me a favor and leave a comment you can even do it on the show notes at innerfireendurance.com or at uh or on youtube or on any of the other places where you find your podcasts so thank you again and i hope you continue to spark desire and incinerate limits